0: And uh, welcome to another live stream where we're talking BMX with you. So I thought it would be fun to not just go into one of these with like a zero idea of what we're going to talk about. I thought it would be fun to go into one of these knowing exactly what we're going to talk about. So I really want to get your thoughts on the BMX industry. Pete, looks like you're in here. Do you want to go first, Pete? I can text you the link right now, and uh, you can jump in here if you want to, since you were the first person in here of the people who said they wanted to jump in. If you want, let me know. So for people watching this, have to have a little patience because YouTube just came out with this new feature where we can bring other people into our live streams directly in the YouTube app. Cody Barnes is going to join us, too, at some point. Uh, And in that, you have to send them the link, and then they have to accept it and whatever. So, Pete, when you open that link, click Open in App when it opens in Safari, and then do whatever it says from there. I don't really know what it's going to ask you to do. What up, DFLJ and Taco Slurpees, members of the channel. Going to tune in for the members-only live stream tomorrow after the news. Members-only, though. Bmx Pete, I think you're in. There he is. Yeah. What's
1: up?
2: Oh, just enjoying this beautiful evening. yeah
0: the shop. Show me the shop real quick. Just oh, pointing to.
2: This is this is actually the basement shop, but. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah, I just got out of there. Got home. Well, first it. of all, how okay. is the uh, the shop going? Uh it's doing all right, uh, just like the rest of the industry at the moment. Things are a little slower than we would like, but it's
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh another thing before we actually talk about the topic, are you stoked? Are you going to Wheelmill Winter Welcome?
2: It's a it's on a Saturday. I really want to go, but I'm also open on Saturday, so I'm uh, struggling with that one. So yeah that was
0: the first place that we met
2: yeah i think so yeah yeah about those
0: Osiris's orchids orchids yes all right so to the topic of the night obviously you work at a bike shop you own a bike shop so you're a little more in tune to the industry than the people that i was hoping to get on here and i wanted to get people who are not involved with the industry at all but I think this is a good start because you have a different perspective, I think, than people who just ride or people who are sponsored or whatever it might be. So I'm curious, what is your perception of the BMX industry right now? And that could be however you interpret that question.
2: Um, I guess I see it almost like 1990 or like early 90s um, when the, uh, the scene was dead, kind of like. I know the scene's not dead, but uh,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> there's uh, so many like gaps in the industry right now. None of the big companies are carrying bikes like they used to, and it's partially our fault and it's definitely their fault. Um, the money's not there as much for them, so they're pushing more mountain bikes, but uh, for especially for the little kids. So it's it's kind of lackluster. And you see things like NICA coming up on the mountain bike side. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all, but it's
0: never heard of it.
2: It's mountain bike racing from uh, sixth grade till twelfth grade, and it's oh. in all kinds of schools. And they're pushing it like BMX racing was being pushed in the '80s. And uh, you're seeing a, a big shift going that way with a lot of the younger crowd. But other than that, I just don't see. You know, we don't have like those flowy contest like we used to have back in the day but then again i'm also 43 years old and not going to contest as much and getting out like i used to so i'm disconnected from that part of the scene somewhat
0: yeah it's hard for me to judge that yes that's interesting to hear i mean because of the fact that you have a bike shop i mean you see directly the BMX scene local around you and how and the money that they want to spend or are or aren't spending so it's yeah. interesting to get that perspective from you on that okay
2: yeah so um like the the local kids the the scene is probably as big as it's ever been um and the kids are spending money we live in a weird area where like the shop I grew up in and and worked at for years we really developed a BMX scene So Mm -hmm. like you go into the store and a quarter of the store is full of BMX bikes. The showcase has BMX parts and the kids know if they want BMX stuff, they can go to that shop or they can come to my shop and I'm a little smaller, but I have about the same amount of space dedicated to my store to BMX stuff. So they're very lucky in this area, but yeah, outside of this area, I know mail order is, is King. So definitely kids are way into that. And then just seeing like what you see on Reddit, um, there's so many kids that are into so many different things. It's crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it's it's weird because it almost feels like the amount of people who are riding is like a lot of people, but the then you hear from the industry side that it's like kind of. Downhill, and it's almost weird. Is that what it felt like in the '90s, or whatever ter- time period you met- referred to?
2: Um, yeah. So, like in the like the early '90s, like when the um, the scene was kind of dying from the the big '80s burst that we had, um, it was just like a couple of kids that I went to school with. Uh, we would ride, and like the riding spot that we used to go to, that was full of kids, was down to just five or ten kids, if that. Yeah. Now. Like you go to the skate park in the, like we, we have a new skate park here in Charleston. And generally it's me and another 48 year old guy. Um, but like, it's nice and warm. There's a couple of young kids that do come out. And then like in my hometown of St. Albans, there's kids sprawling the street all the time. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> huh? Yeah. It's, it seems weird, right?
2: Yeah. It's kind of clicked up in that way. Like you got your street kids, you got your park kids, the dirt kids, it's it's not like it used to be where so many people just rode everything and i think the marketing side of BMX has kind of pushed it that way for so many mm. years street was being pushed and it's just weird
0: <laughs> yeah well and there's also just the the seg- segmentation a word whatever the how specialization of people pushing to be on the cutting edge of BMX you have to push things further and it's just it's to the point where it's impossible to be on the cutting edge of everything all at the same time. And when I say everything, I don't just mean street, park, and dirt. I mean flatland, street, park, dirt, vert. Like, to the point where back in Mira's age, you know, Mira was just, he could do everything. He could ride flatland. And I feel like a lot of people might not even know that, but he was really good at flatland. He was
2: yeah, good at Yeah, doing 20 vert. whiplashes down the road just front wheel the whole time
0: like exactly but the way bmx has gone just in order to progress and make something of yourself you had to push things and because things got so pushed it just gets further and further apart and it's like not possible anymore to do it all yeah there's a few guys um who do crossover pretty
2: well like uh trey jones he doesn't ride flatland but he rides street and park and dirt and flows stuff ridiculously but for sure. the most part, yeah, there's there's that you've got to be a hardcore street rider or you're an X Games rider or whatever, and that's
0: just the way you have to go. So. If you want to make it. Yeah. That's. Yeah, it's,
3: it, I don't know, things
0: are weird. But I just, I'm just curious to get as many people's perspective as possible in on something like this. And I yeah. think it's cool to start with the guy who owns a bike shop in West Virginia. <laughs> like, like what you know and you're talking about how you have a bunch of people local around you because of the shop that came before you and you guys fostered the bmx scene and now there's you and you're keeping it going and
2: yeah there's a bunch uh, of
0: people there uh, yeah see i'm not sure if you're familiar with uh brandon klein he's a
2: big vintage collector of uh videos and stuff he's bmx klein on uh or he deleted his instagram never mind um but he's a guy that used to work with me and he has recently opened up shop and, you know, he has a, a full BMX section uh, as well. So it is a super, like, we're a lucky scene. I know that because when I grew up, we only had, like, one shop you could go to to get BMX parts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's... And I, I feel like when people think of West Virginia, they probably don't think about BMX.
2: <laughs> not at all. And you would be surprised at some of the awesome parks that we have here. Like, you know, you've seen... Um, some of them and yeah,
0: just that prefab park alone is awesome. The new one under the bridge Mm -hmm. and that's prefab, but there's others.
2: Yeah. So there's, there's a bunch of concrete parks in the area. And that's one of the things that surprises me is we don't have park riders. Just everything is like, they want to be street, like quarter pipes are the enemy.
0: (laughs) So crazy. Well, you know, I mean, there's Wheeling park, which for the longest time I heard was very, proactive yeah, were- against people riding there
1: mm-hmm.
2: they were super Nazis I have actually never ridden that park because of it
0: Jeez I haven't either but that's because I've always heard that you couldn't ride it and then the, when I went online to like look the place up for the first time there's like there was a camera a 24/7 camera on a website that you could just watch and I'm sure cops are like oh check the camera any BMX bikes? <laughs> Yeah, it's,
2: it's ridiculous, and they're actually opening a, a new park just down the road from us that is currently no bikes allowed, and we're trying to work with the mayor. It's a ground line skate park, so it's, it's a really nice concrete park, and it's so dumb. It is very dumb. Whatever. But hopefully the the kids in that area are going to be a little more affluent than some of the other areas that have gotten parks, so hopefully they can influence their mayor to do whatever they want.
0: Yeah, hopefully. So uh, any more thoughts and perceptions on the BMX industry?
2: The BMX industry, um, I think it's rad. It's always going to fluctuate. Hopefully five years from now, it'll be a little more banging. So I just feel like maybe it's just me, but those contests that that feel that we used to have... um, it's just kind of not there as much, but I'm also not going because I'm like, Oh, I've got to get to work or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah. Other than that, buy American bikes when you can, cause they're awesome. I know I'm currently riding a Haro, but I also sell Haro and they're awesome. So you should maybe check out them. One of those link.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, and uh, just to add in there too, on the, the contests and jams, not feeling or not being as many that feel like they used to, When I was editing the video from the Slam City jam this past weekend, brain fart, it felt like I was watching a jam that was like one of those ones where I was going through it and there was people who were sending it and there was people having a good time, everybody stoked together and editing the video. It 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 felt like it had the essence of one of those. Obviously it wasn't as big, but it Mm -hmm. definitely was similar just on a smaller scale
2: yeah um i understand yeah so like the um the last event that i saw you at even though there was lots of people it still just didn't feel as inclusive mm-hmm. um, but you know we'll see i'm gonna try and make it to the welcome jam we're gonna make it happen so that way i can report on you how said it
0: that does on people. the internet
2: i said it on the internet
0: <laughs> uh, all right Wait, so oh, uh jacob's in here did you see that
4: oh
1: hello
0: jacob i don't know exactly how you say his last name mariner
2: i uh, will go with that Muneer. Mariner. Mm-hmm. yeah there's
0: an r before the app uh, he can name. tell me next time i see him at Rays. uh <laughs> yeah. so i guess it's been cool to get your perspective on it i want to get the next person in here who's like even further entrenched in the industry. so We're going further away from what I wanted, but uh, I appreciate your insight and hopefully I'll see you this weekend. This weekend. Okay. I have to take
2: back what I said. I can't do it this Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad you walked it back on the internet and stuff. I walked it back because yeah, I thought it was next Saturday. This one not possible, but thanks for having me. Yeah, man.
0: Uh, I'm sure I'll see you somewhere soon and we'll get a session. Also, people, check out his YouTube channel, BMX Pete. So I got to type in. He makes good videos. And you're, uh, how old are you? I'm 43 years old. He's 43. And go watch his videos and you'll see how awesome that is. Yeah. Well, thank you. How do you track? Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. We'll see you soon, hopefully.
2: Will do. Have a good one.
0: You too. Bye. All right, let's get Scott Town in here. Oops, I didn't mean to give it away. (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, Anyways, that was cool. Cool to get Pete's perspective on the BMX industry, being a shop owner from the middle, maybe not the middle, but somewhere in West Virginia. And hear his local scene, what he thinks of as the industry and it's cool. Thanks for being in here, Pete. And if you guys aren't subscribed to his YouTube channel, make sure you join. Hit the subscribe button, whatever that is. Click, open, and oh, he got it. <laughs> yeah, you have to bear with me for a second, people, because this new feature on YouTube is new, and you have to work with it. I have to text or email the link to whoever is going to be in it, and then they have to make sure that it works, and they got to open it and the YouTube app and it's all just whatever so we we work around it but it's really awesome that we can get multiple people talking in one stream it's pretty awesome hopefully it gets worked out for Scott here there's also having to allow the microphone and the webcam and all that business oh I think Stony's an hour behind, so he's gonna think that it's an hour behind. Oh well. Think we got it though. There he is. Can we get you to rotate? Wrong way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what the fuck? Dude? <laughs>
0: oh, <buddy. laughs> Oh, can you mute your whatever you're watching that on?
4: Fucking grandpa blowing it over here. You're
0: good. Can you... Are you watching this somewhere?
1: You're good.
0: All right. There we go. What's up, Scott? Hi. How's it going? It's going
4: good, man. Thanks for having me on here.
0: Absolutely. So... The theme of the evening is to just talk about whoever's on here's perspective of the BMX industry. For you, I know that is probably different than someone who just isn't involved with it at all. And I think it's cool to get, I guess, we're going from a shop owner to now someone who's worked with different companies and media outlets within the BMX industry itself. So we will get the whole spectrum here.
4: Yeah, for sure. Well, Pete, that was that last guy? Yeah. He was pretty right on about a lot of stuff. In the the early 90s thing, I want to speak to that real quick because that's when, because I worked at BMX, excuse me, a BMX magazine in the 80s that folded up when BMX started dying, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And BMX really was dead. But the difference now is I don't think BMX is dead at all. Like, there's like, you were just talking at events, there's people at events, YouTube tons of views, like the dig. Magazine that just came out totally sold out. Like when there are contests, it seems like the turnout's good. Like, like that, Dennis, right. new channel is like off to the races, you know, it has tons of followers and tons of views and everything. And, um, there's just too many bikes. That's the difference. The early 90s, it wasn't that. Like people literally stopped riding BMX, you know,
1: and that, it, it yeah. really
4: was just kind of dead. But I don't think it's dead at all now. There's just, I mean, we all know the story. There's just, 2020 was unprecedented in every way right that's the overused word but that was really the case and like, it's no one's fault like like anyone in the industry could see it this potentially happening not to this extreme probably but like everyone's freaking out we have to have more bikes we have to have more bikes and everyone's trying to order bikes and can't get bikes and we all know that story but then they all showed up at once and then like it was a false sense of demand that
1: I think mm-hmm.
4: don't understand that. Like if one kid is trying to get a bike from 10 different places, that's this false perception that that's uh, a mm. 10 bikes, you know, and it's not, it's, it's one bike that kid represents bike sale, not 10. And then when, you know, like the more popular brands, I'm going to try not to name names in this at all of brands, but couldn't get bikes produced. Then some of the lesser brands that maybe were ignored for a few years, or kind of forgotten about those companies were able to sell bikes into like the mail orders and shops. Mm -hmm. And as things were kind of getting back to normal in terms of bike deliveries and stuff, then those bikes are still sitting there. So you have these shitty brand X bikes sitting on the floor and you have bikes that you do want and then there's just too many bikes it's just
1: period. yeah there's
4: so many bikes and we all know like during the covid like people bought bikes that normally wouldn't have bought bikes and maybe aren't using them now like of course so now there's a yep there's a steady current of used bikes in the pipeline too you know so there's an ridiculous amount of brand new bikes unsold sitting in warehouses and everywhere else And then there's also used bikes in the marketplace that we don't even like Pete or people at shops or the mail orders and stuff. They don't even account for those other than maybe doing repairs on them or whatever. So.
0: Yeah. And there's what Kevin Connor said the other night when I did the thing with him about how companies were on these factories for months, like trying to get their stuff. And then the fact, apparently the factories would Finally, get to the point where they're like, "Okay, we're gonna try and do something good here, and get caught up on everything." Then go too far and send too much stuff. Oh yeah. So then that even contributes even further to too many bikes being there.
4: Yeah, and the problem's worse than a lot of people realize. Like, like one company, some companies have. I know this is the case. I don't even need to single anyone out, but there's companies that have bikes here. Like they have warehouses full, and they're renting warehouses to store all the bikes they have here. In the U.S. Mm-hmm. at their facilities, but then there's other companies and some of those same companies that have bikes overseas at the factories that they can't pay for. They're basically being held mm-hmm. hostage. The factories have thousands more bikes that they want to ship here. They they built them because they were ordered and they want to they want to get rid of them and the companies can't pay for those. So, I mean, it's
0: a really deep real detail. yeah that's crazy i mean do, i don't know how you get out of that
4: yeah i i think it's just the complete bike thing which is the bulk of most companies businesses you know besides there's a very few you know there's parts companies mm-hmm. a lot of parts companies are part of you know like odyssey's part of sunday and they're they're kind of they're their own animal because they own their own factory. They're not relying on a different factory to build their bikes, and Haro kind of—I said I wasn't going to name brand names, but there's some that you just kind of have to. As,
0: You're not saying anything bad.
4: No, I'm not saying anything bad. I wouldn't say anything bad anyway. But just as examples of companies that do are kind of exceptions to these these rules and uh, right like scenarios going on. But um, so some of those companies uh, theoret- theoretically should be okay, but they have the same problems too. You know, they probably have too many bikes too, and the, yeah. And- 2020 problem that a lot of people might not know is that only certain parts of bikes weren't available. Like there's only a couple seat manufacturers. Now that like Mueller talked about how many seats there are, like every company has too many seats and, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't get seats in 2020. So like complete bikes would be done, but no seats. And there's only a couple companies that made seats or they're just some real second rate, you know, like, Seats that you wouldn't want to put on a $600 complete, you know, because it's this crappy one-piece seat combo with terrible, like, staples underneath. The staples are falling out. I've seen samples like that that were awful.
1: Mm -hmm. But
4: but that – you can't sell a bike without a seat, you know, so, like, that would just hold up complete production runs. And seats were a big part of it. Then it was cranks. Like, it was different things, you know. But it's all caught up now, and now there's just too much of everything.
0: Yeah, and I guess – we just have to wait as people like, I mean, I don't work for a company or anything. So I just kind of see it from somewhat of an outside perspective, just and hear it from people like you and people like Kevin and Mueller who are directly within it. And I, I don't know, it's just a time kind of thing, I guess. It is and the the problem.
4: Another part of the problem is that a complete bike like, you know, I work for Etnies, and and the same problem there, but shoes cycle faster. People buy multiple pairs of shoes a year. Your shoes wear out. a complete right. bike, Like, ideally, you know, a kid buys a complete bike when he's 14, and then less than a year later, he buys an aftermarket frame, and he starts buying parts, and he upgrades, right? We hope that happens. But realistically, how many kids that bought a bike in 2020 are that kid? You know, maybe one out of mm-hmm. 10- you know, maybe, like, that's probably, that's probably a high percentage. It's probably not that many, you know, it's really, they bought that bike, they got a flat tire and they quit riding it or whatever, you know, they got bored or they went back to soccer, or whatever happens, you know, get yep. into it. Cause BMX is hard, you know, BMX is tough to learn. Like people get so excited about it and then they get frustrated cause they can't do any trick, you know?
0: Yep that's they go definitely
4: you know whatever happens
0: yeah you you go to the park and then you feel self-conscious because there's one good person there and i mean we've i remember being that kid who's like kind of scared to ride in front of people who are good and i can only imagine the skate parks that had all kinds of people who were going to them at that time who were buying bikes and then going there and then having exactly that happen Yeah,
4: yeah exactly so i mean there's a lot of issues but whatever
0: Hopefully So, what about work. other sides of things as far as the bmx industry goes what's your perception on things right now
4: well i mean that's the that's the freak out because that's the money part. that's what it not only do is the revenue generated from selling complete bikes but the money is tied up in those complete bikes and storing those complete bikes. Like that's a huge thing, like a bike and and big bikes, like almost every company, except, you know, kink only has one model of like a 26 inch bike, but almost every company sells like 22, 24, 26, 29 inch bikes. Mm -hmm. Boxes just take up so much space, you know? So that's a, that's a big part of the, the freak out problem. So, I mean, it just, unfortunately, it trickles down to every part of the business, you know, from sponsoring events to team riders and having, you know, hiring people to do marketing stuff that they can't afford to pay. Like I'm not, I'm not hinting at anything there, but that's really what just happened with me, you know? So um, it's, it's just, it's just the way, it, the way it is right now. And, and hopefully it works itself out like 2012, 10 years ago, which 13 years ago or whatever,
0: 11 years ago,
4: really <laughs>
0: whatever it is math whatever,
4: whatever the hell it was there was a glut of bikes at that time too of complete bikes in the marketplace it's different circumstances but the same deal like there's too many brands brands need to go away like the same talk that's going on now and maybe some brands will go away this time because shit's pretty serious you know
1: but mm-hmm.
4: um I, I i don't know we'll see what happens like hopefully hopefully we can all just ride it out and i've been through it so many fucking times i'm sorry yeah i swear um like i said in 1988 i lost my job because the magazine i worked for i didn't get fired the magazine just pulled it up it was done it was over and through the 90s like i ran the family bike shop and same kind of thing happened there and then you know i've been through the cycle so many times i also worked in the skate industry too and that goes through similar cycles but you know, skateboard decks are a little more expendable and same deal, cycle right. faster, you know, like my kid skates and gets a new board every two months. Like if he was a BMX kid, he would not get a new frame every year probably, you know, mm-hmm. people don't buy it, you know, complete people used to buy frames and now they buy complete bikes, you know, like you buy a frame, I buy a frame, but you know, the, for the most part the new kid doesn't buy a frame he buys a complete
0: bike so right yeah the way the model is set up depending on the age and the level of the kid they're buying a you know a lower to mid-tiered complete bike and then replacing parts on it as they go and then right. maybe somebody who's more experienced or coming back to it will be buying one of those higher end complete bikes or somebody who can afford it will be that's new is buying one of those but yeah
4: yeah so i don't know a lot there's a lot of factors there's a lot of positives i mean there's a lot of things that are good but you know sales drives everything as saying goes so yeah i i I hate to say that because i'm not like a money motivated person but like if we're trying to be in this business there has to be business being conducted in order for it to work you know
0: Yeah. There's a saying that I got from uh, a guy on Long Island when we were there for a work trip filming. He said, money sustains passion. And that that sums it up for me. I mean, if you want to have this thing that you're passionate about, you got to have a way to support it.
4: Right. What's your real job? I'm curious. Or your day job.
0: So aside from everything I do with YouTube, I have a part-time job with a tractor manufacturer farm tractor manufacturer i make their videos and edit their like i literally if i sum it up my whole entire job life is youtube yeah i'm running their channel but that's uh three days a week part-time and i work from home unless we're doing a video shoot
4: no that's awesome i get that i mean i do i don't want to go into everything i do and have been doing for a long time but i have other gigs so and one is way outside the bmx industry but it's exactly the same stuff that i do in for bmx you know just to your point about that and i was just curious it's not my business but i just want no it's like, okay i'm, I'm okay
0: I've, with talking about it too
4: i heard you speak about your other job before and i just wondered where it was yeah so man some no ahead there like tractors aren't yeah who knows maybe tractors were in shortage three years ago because everything
0: was but that's uh definitely a thing i think we should like make a note because i want to do a full one of these with you i think we should make a note to talk about that and whatever like anything else if you have questions about anything like that because you're absolutely right i saw the overlaps and saw everything coinciding and i could have conversations with like the people in engineering and the people who were running the place and doing the ordering and things because i knew firsthand i'm sure there's tons
4: of parallels too you know yep i just saw someone commented that you were being humble that you're the media guy for john deere which is pretty funny
0: (laughs) not quite but yeah
4: jesus christ sorry i've been saying good packing it up
1: no you're good man
4: other people which is all good i could talk to you about a million different things but And we
0: will, we'll, we'll get one of these scheduled. I have, uh, how many, I have one Monday next week and then another one Thursday next week. So did I say something to you about Tuesday or was that someone else? God, I got to get it all straight. doesn't matter. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it and we'll get it situated and people can look forward to that soon. All right, man. I appreciate you coming in here. It was good to have like a conversation with you.
4: Yeah, we've never actually met, I don't
0: think so. Right, exactly. So it's cool.
4: (laughs) We will sometime. All right,
0: dude. See you, man. Have a good one. Boom. All right. So that was Scott Town. He actually works within the BMX industry. So next, we're going to be moving to my buddy Cody, who is in my videos sometimes. Don't worry, Stoney. We're going to get to you, too. My buddy Ryan's in here, too. It'd be funny to get his perspective. But uh, we're going to move to my buddy, Cody, who I ride with and who is completely outside of the BMX industry, other than what he and I talk about, at least to my perspective on it or perception of it. So this is going to be interesting because he's literally 10 minutes from me right now. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. Hi. Hi. Wor- Worcester in the background.
3: She's back there.
0: <laughs> I thought it was the dog. Dude, your game room looks sick.
3: Yeah, dude, it's, it, ever since we got the house, it's been coming along. Gotta have the BMX frame and then the setup here.
0: Nice. You're gonna have to help me do those lights whenever I get a room set up.
3: They come with a. They're like, I bought three of them. They were 16 feet and they come with sticky and they. They stick pretty well. Just... So anyways,
0: the topic of the night, have you been listening?
3: Yeah, I have been watching.
0: Okay. So I'm curious because I don't think you and I have ever really talked about the BMX industry. So I'm curious to hear what you think about the BMX industry from your perspective, since like we've been friends forever and you've like been to full factory and all that other stuff.
3: Oh. Well, my, the biggest thing that I feel, like, whenever I grew up and, like, I was ordering parts and I was on Dance Cop, like, I always felt the industry was trying to get, like, like now, like, hey, you know where are at, come find us, rather than, like, you see posters and you see stuff, they're trying, they're putting out advertising, and I get things have changed and everything's social media now, but I think that's one of the biggest factors is, like, not getting younger kids so on things and like magazines and stuff like i know you have a collection of old magazines from the 90s and early 90s and stuff but i would say that's that's a big factor in the industry now and why i think it's failing a little bit
0: that's interesting hey can you turn that fan off yeah please it's just sure. making you cut out because it's i don't know something's weird with it but that's an interesting perspective that you felt like BMX was coming to you, but now you feel like they're making you go to them.
3: Yeah, it's. I just feel like if, if I want to go look and find something, the only way to do it is to go online. Versus, like, I used to have dance Scott magazines, you know, I used to have a bunch of stuff as far as, like, them trying to reach out and show me product and stuff. And it's a lot harder, as the last guy was talking about, it's a lot harder to get parts, And I definitely think with everything being shut down, that played a big part in it, too. You know, people didn't have money. There's a lot of overflow of excess stuff. Mm -hmm. But even then, my bike last year, it was hard for me to get to what I wanted. And they didn't have a time frame on when I could get it. So I Mm. had to pick what I wanted as far as what what was available. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I I like to hear that perspective, but it's also weird. So what do you – do you follow – I don't know how much you look at on Instagram. Are you, like, following stuff?
3: Yeah, I follow, like, most of Instagrams and stuff, and that's mainly what my Instagram is, just BMX stuff. So, Hmm. it reaches perspective as far as, like, getting on my my phone, but as far as, like, reaching me in my personal life versus, like – a subscription to a magazine or something like stuff getting sent to me, like, Hey, you spent this money on our website. This is what we got coming out. Know, as far as like customer satisfaction, you know, making sure you keep the customers and keep getting to them and stuff. I think that's a big role. I mean, me personally, like having a business and stuff, it's, I have to keep in contact, you know, and try and get them back or give them something to get more work for them and stuff like that. So it's, you can't just, let them buy something from you and then that be it. And then just expect them to come back. So uh, an edit of
0: somebody riding isn't enough to get you to uh, buy something?
3: That's that's like, I feel like with the celebrities of BMX, you know, it comes down to like uh, Will Smith coming out with something, you know, it's, you're not going to go buy his stuff because it's a, that's more like the bigger part of it. Rather than the average Joe, like yeah, jokes for stuff, and it does bring your attention to it, but I don't feel like it's marketed properly. What do you? What would you do? Man, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine what it would be like in this day and age to run something that big, as far as like reaching the massive base there is for BMX. So I don't. I don't know what I would do. I mean. I couldn't tell you. Maybe just more social events and stuff.
0: What would you want to see? If because you're talking about how you felt like you used to be brought in, what would you, what do you think would bring you in again?
3: Uh, the biggest thing that I've personally experienced in the BMX is if you if you don't tail whip, bar spin, flare, backflip, you're not good. You know, I think the BMX lacks a bit of style. I feel like everybody's trying to do the same tricks and what's cool rather than having your own style. You know, you got kids out here that have been on a bike for a year trying to bar spin a six foot spine and getting hurt just because that's what's cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like you, started off, you turn 180s and, you know, my favorite tricks an X up. But, you know, it's not like back in the 80s, you did it x up on a quarter pipe and you were the you were the stuff you know it's a little bit different now but that's all the writing you see in the x games you see people doing triple whips and double flares and it's that's it it's just tail whip bar spin, backflip so what do
0: you what do you want to see from a company to make you buy
3: something
1: like what what
0: the i'll clear I'll, i'll be more specific like what could a company do that you would see that and it would influence you to be like, okay, I'm going to go and buy that. I'm going to get their frame. I'm going to get their handlebars. I'm going to get their whatever.
3: I, w- I would say just them like making more of an effort to reach the average show, you know, they host these big contests, but the only people writing in these contests are sponsored professional writers, you know, not reaching the people who are learning or have been in it for a while, but aren't willing to go to that level. And, you know, risk that kind of injury. So I would just say, you know, host a jam at Rays, beginner, expert, pro, you know, stuff like that. The only people that are hosting those kinds of events are the parks themselves. You don't see a big brand out there hosting an event that reaches where everybody other than just the paid professional riders. That's
0: interesting. I think we see it a little different being in Ohio too, in that, you know, if we were in... Southern California. I don't know if they do a lot of stuff there because I feel like they just had that Turkey jam thing or whatever. Gary Young just did a contest or a jam or whatever that was.
3: It's, I would say it's definitely different between the, the West and the East. You know, it's, I've been out to the West with you and it was different. I mean, the mm-hmm. different California and how loving it is for BMX versus when I was in South Carolina Like Carrie, I rode their skate park, and, you know, the skateboarders and bikers down there, they don't get along whatsoever. So it's, yeah, it's atmospheres from west to east, north to south, as far as the BMX communities and how people are reached.
0: Interesting. Hmm. Hopefully that perspective, somebody important hears your perspective and thinks about it. Yeah, Ryan I, wants to know what frame's over your head real quick. Uh,
3: that is a Mike Laird frame. That is the one I got from Timmy Kalp. Oh, okay. There. Uh, that one's more part frame if I was to style frame. but It's just what I feel. I feel more comfortable with a shorter back end, which that one mm-hmm. has based base one.
0: Well, any other thoughts on the BMX industry? I know this is like a really wide generic thing to ask so there's a lot of different places that it could go
3: yeah uh the one thing is like i feel like this it has nothing to do with really with the industry but more or less of like parents and stuff like that like my dad was a plumber i'm essentially a plumber and you know 15 years ago you would say my dad's a plumber and like micro dirty jobs you know it was like a second class job you mm-hmm. And I feel like parents like, you know, skateboarders, bikers, you know, they're edgy, you know, drugs. And I feel like that stereotype still kind of sticks around, but you don't see it until you get into it to understand how like big of a family it is and everybody supports you. And there's yeah. not really bad people in, in biking.
0: That, so, so you're saying, say like, Say it again in different words.
3: <laughs> <laughs> kids aren't getting into it because of the stereotype. Haters and, you know, skating on public, just that stereotype of it not being a good community. People from the outside look in without knowing and they judge. So I feel like the kid's like, hey, I want to get a skateboard or I want to get a BMX bike. And the parents are like, oh, the people you're going to be hanging around, you know, might not be the best. Cause I know it was like that for me when I got into it and I wanted to go down to the skate park, you yeah. know? Yeah. There at some parks, there are drugs, you know, there's drinking, there are some bad people, but I feel like that's a way of life. And a lot of what the new generation doesn't have that experience of life because they're so kept away from learning those experiences. Interesting. I, I definitely see
0: where you're coming from there. And that was Definitely worse years ago. Yes. I mean, you know what our I think it's is. gotten better when I started versus how it is now. Yeah. I, mean- I remember it was even worse when I started than when you started. It was being down at Worcester and people were literally like drinking and doing E. <laughs> like it was yeah. there's 30 people there every single day. And it was crazy. Fight yeah. every single day.
3: We had that one time where it was all the bikers and some skater was getting jumped, trying to get jumped by a bunch of black guys over drugs. And like the skaters and his friends didn't care. And we're like the only ones who wanted to step in and do something to stop it. Yep. You now it's, you don't know what's going to happen, but that stuff can happen anywhere. And I think that stereotype, you, you can't stereotype it unless you experience it. Yeah.
0: Well, I like your perspective. And, uh, I think I'm going to grab Stony to jump in here. Not a problem. Uh, I'll see you at the Wheelmill Saturday, right?
3: Oh, good one. Good one. We were, we were just talking about that.
0: Wheelmill Winner to Welcome Jam Saturday. Cody's going to be there. Look forward to it.
3: <laughs> good talking with you, Brant.
0: <laughs> Later, dude. Thanks for Thank jumping you. on
3: here. No problem.
0: Boom. Next. Donny McGee got to take the Keanu Reeves speed approach in Utah. <laughs> That's funny. So we went from shop owner, someone in the industry, like deep in the industry to, did we go straight from Scott to Cody? Wow. Feels like it's been more than that. So we're going from that to someone who I ride with on a regular basis and isn't super into the industry, but sees things to stony old fact guy BMX. He has a YouTube channel on here. Who I don't know how involved with the industry, how much he pays attention. So it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. And then uh, I think after that we might get my buddy Ryan, who he is uh, totally out of the BMX industry, like. He, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Just waiting on Stoney at this point. And uh, what do we got going on in the chat? Sick. He's a new member this week. I tried to push my kids towards BMX, but they went skateboarding route because it's mainstream with their friends know, clothing-wise, etc. That's interesting. Strength can also be a factor. When I was young, I couldn't maneuver the bike as well. I was too skinny. You could see that, too hopefully this works for Stony. we're just waiting like I said earlier you gotta bear with this this is new tech on the YouTube front so of course it's gonna have some
1: bugs here and there
0: Stoney, where are you? And I'm curious too, I mean for anybody who's watching this too what are your perspectives on the BMX industry? That's the whole point of this is to get perspectives of different people from different places within the BMX industry. We have everything from Cody who's buddies with me, who's somewhat entrenched in the BMX industry but is more so a consumer. You've got somebody who's worked in the BMX industry literally forever. You got Pete who's been a lifelong BMX rider and now owns a bike shop. It's interesting. So I'm curious what everybody's perspective if you're watching this in the future, what is your perspective on the BMX industry currently? not i mean and that is however you perceive that question i guess because it could be perceived so many different ways and everybody's mind is going to go somewhere else when this question is brought up and i'm curious to hear from everybody's perspective people who are sponsored people who are whatever my perspective on the BMX industry i guess i could give that while i'm waiting on stony here my perspective is it is a lot of what we've talked about today in that the BMX industry is in a period of excess right now, and it's going to go through a period of tightening. What's the word you'd want to use? Being thinned out because of that excess, and we went through a crazy period in time where the demand was through the roof because of what was going on in the world. And with that, companies put their orders in to keep up with that demand. And then we got to a point where that that supply went above that demand. So now we have more supply than we have demand. So when that happens, unfortunately, prices usually come down to get rid of that supply and bring it back to meet with the demand, which is something we talked about with Kevin Connors the other night. So I think as time goes here, we're going to see BMX thin out a little bit. We're probably going to see some brands fall out who can't continue to stay on. And I hope that it's not all of our favorite brands. I mean, I think the ones that have the financial backings that we've talked about previously will survive. But I think some of the smaller ones that people really enjoy may may go the way of like how T1 has gone to being like a batch company. Maybe they were always a batch company, but maybe other companies will go towards that where they're doing things in batches. They do their pre-order for the frame or however the, the part it is or whatever it might be. And then people pre-order during that pre-order window and then they get their product and they do that once or twice a year. Maybe some companies are going to do that. Comment too long. It's called the bullwhip effect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin Connors talked about the bullwhip effect. Stoney said technical difficulties. just ask him if I want if he wants me to grab somebody else, but I think the current state of the BMX industry is that, that we have too much excess. Do you think that brands might pop up with people buying stuff stuck in factories, like more companies like Elite or whatever Ryan Taylor's company is? I think it's possible. We may see parts companies come out selling generic parts, but I think it's at the same time the fact of because BMX is so oversaturated right now, I uh, I don't know where it may go from there. And actually, okay, so we're going to bring in somebody else here while we wait on Stony Derek Kerr, shut up. <laughs> go back to Rocky League, Derek. You're funny. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Ryan, we're going to bring you in here while we wait on Stoney to figure out his technical difficulties. Hopefully anyway, I don't know if he's still listening or not, but it'll be interesting to go from the, the sequence that we have of two people who are directly within the industry to someone who's acquainted with people within the industry and has been visited full factory and seen that stuff firsthand to somebody who's like totally outside of the BMX industry. When I saw bike companies being more about trends, colors, and just consumable products, that was the downward slide. I don't know. I don't know if I have anything to say about that part of it. Click open an app. Open app. And it will bring you in. This one will be interesting. I'm actually pretty curious to hear about this one. KG is selling stuff dirt cheap on Amazon. On Amazon in Canada, I'm guessing they're sitting on warehouses of too much stock. Fifty dollars for cranks is ridiculous. I mean, that's true. Nice, but it didn't pop up on my screen. Will you just show up if I click Add? Did it work? Oh, it worked. What's up? It is What's, What's up, up buddy? It's been a while since I've seen you, so this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so so just to introduce people, this is almost weird right now. Uh, just to introduce people, Ryan and I met before either of us rode bikes. And we both ride BMX. He rides dirt bikes, too. And I'm curious because I don't know how much you pay attention to BMX. And I don't know how much you know, and I don't think we've talked about industry stuff at all. So what when I ask the question, what is your perception or perspective on the BMX industry, what comes to your mind?
5: I have no idea, to be honest. I don't know how to answer that. I mean,
0: what do you see? (sighs) Like, what do you see? What's your experience of BMX right now?
5: I mean, it's just gnarly. I mean, like what Cody was saying, I mean, a lot of guys these days are just going crazy big. You don't see anything much like the small guys, I don't think, really. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, uh, but That's
0: like the riding. I'm curious about the industry side of it. I'm sure you see more of that in the dirt bike world, where you see different people going to different dirt bike companies and whatever do you see anything BMX wise or what What do you see as far as BMX goes?
5: Me personally, I don't see much at all. I don't know. So what do I you mean, see? What do I see? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just see TikTok clips, YouTube clips, videos, but I mean, other than that, when it comes to industry, I don't really see anything reaching out. I mean, that's just me though, but I don't, I don't really follow a whole lot like you said. I mean, I'm not I'm not in the industry really. I mean I mean when was the last time I actually got to ride my bike? I don't it's know. It's been a while.
0: Yeah. So that's why I think it's cool to ask you this question because you have Cody who is grandpa and rides every week or <laughs> two. You got the people <laughs> before him who are actually in the industry, and then you got someone like you who rides you know once a month every so often yeah still so like what um, what what makes you i mean so you have your sunday frame and like what would make you make decisions purchasing decisions in riding if you were gonna go out and buy a new bike tomorrow what's gonna make you decide what to get I know uh, the answer to this. You, I don't even have to ask you this question. I could tell you your answer.
5: <laughs>
0: uh, man, I don't know.
5: I, I really don't know.
0: So, um, basically what you would do is you would ask me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I would. But like let's see what brands ride these days. Looks good.
0: Yeah, so do you pay attention to have you? Have we talked about prices of anything? How much do you think a frame costs right now?
5: I have no idea. Without looking into it, I have no idea.
0: I want to know how much you think a frame costs brand new right now. I
5: don't know. 250 bucks?
0: Double
5: it. What did you just say?
0: I said double it. Yeah, frames used to be $250, but I don't think frames were ever... $250 for a frame is probably what they cost when we first started riding. That's interesting. So you don't really have a perspective so much because of how separated from the BMX industry you actually are. Like You're not seeking anything out
5: and that's the problem is like I'm just I've been out of it for so long I don't I haven't like you said I haven't looked into it um I'm 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 lightweight clueless yeah 250 for bar (laughs) that's funny yeah I mean that's how I'm I have no clue
0: okay well, that answers my question. Uh, I don't want to go, I'm not going to try and dig deeper whenever like you kind of have your place in things. And I feel like I'm your connection to the industry because I answer those questions for you. (laughs) So basically we're going to, we're going to do this stream. And then when I'm done, we're going to play rocket league. Sound good.
5: All right. Sounds good.
0: (laughs) All right. We'll talk in a bit.
5: All right. Later, later, bud.
0: All right, Stoney, jump in here. So there's a perspective of somebody who is totally separated from the BMX industry and doesn't follow BMX near as much and, like, knows someone like me who can answer all the questions for him. So... He's not going to make purchasing decisions based on videos he sees or anything like that. He's going to ask questions of somebody like me. He's so separated from me. He doesn't know the uh, prices of things. He said, my bad, I tried. <laughs> well, that's exactly the point of this was just to get the perspective from the people. I want to hear what the people who are riding bikes have to say, regardless of how often they ride or How deep into the industry they are. I would love to hear from obviously, we can't do it now, but hear from like a parent of somebody who is just has a kid who's interested in riding or some kid who rides. And I did an interview yesterday at Ray's because there was a news crew or not news crew, but a couple people from a news company who are doing a story on Huck. They were at Ray's. So I interviewed the guy who was interviewing and asked him his perceptions of bmx having only seen rays and seen people at rays and asked him how he thought bmx could grow and what it might take to grow something like that and just to hear his experience of bmx in what he's seen because he hasn't seen near as much as all of us have I've done that before. Ask the pro what they were riding because if the bike can withstand them, I'll be fine. Yeah. That's a great thing to do is ask, ask the pros what they trust. The other thing though, too, is that a pro like might tell you the company they ride for the part for that because it's the company they ride for. And the thing you have to keep in mind is that they're riding as new bikes as they can, as often as they can to, minimize the risk of having anything go wrong because a lot of these people are doing gnarly stuff and they want to stay on something new so that they don't have any worries about anything bad happening. Stoney must be having major technical difficulties. Just trying to get Stony in here. How are you so hard on hub bearings? Yeah, that's crazy. Are you tightening it too much? So yeah, the people in the comments, what are your perspectives on the BMX industry, regardless of where you're at within it? I can continue my perspective on the BMX industry. I think we have, even though people are saying there needs to be more um more contests and more jams and all of these things people have said that for years and i think there's more events now and there's so many local jams that happen and so many people who are throwing events that there's so much going on that you have to pick and choose what you go to I think there's a lot that's happening, definitely more than there used to be. And from my perspective, I think that means that a lot of people are riding. There's a lot of good stuff going on. And like what Scott and I talked about already is that, um, is that there's just an oversaturation of parts. I don't know. That's what I see. Stoney is having major difficulties. <laughs> we need 1-800, more 1-800 collect riders. <laughs> That's funny. We're going to get Stony in here. He's having trouble because it's coming from... Whatchamacallit? From... Facebook, Messenger, bring back Chris Bennett. That's funny. Why is this? See, you got to bear with me here. There. Hopefully he has an iPhone. I really hope Stoney has an iPhone because it's not going to work if not. Do you have an iPhone, Stoney? Chris Bennett will yell and freak out all the scared kids in the park and freak them right out. Oh man, you gotta bear with me though, folks. Um when I mentioned events, I was speaking on do tour, Nike 6.0, etc. companies getting out of BMX. Expand, Eric. What do you think? I saw Roly in here. Where was Roly's? rolling flash losing nike is a huge hit for the masses seeing bmx i mean same with Dutor tour not having bmx anymore i'm going to try and put on a jam this summer at the des moines park y'all should come let me know about it and i'll put the flyer on bmx news oh we got bike questions going on at this point give me your perspectives on the bmx industry while we're working out technical difficulties to get stony in here as far as industry stuff of riders goes i think my perspective on riders is that there's probably too many sponsored riders in bmx there's people who are willing to ride just for a set of grips or to get tagged in an Instagram post when if you're going to put the work in, you should I mean maybe you shouldn't necessarily always be getting paid, but you should be getting something out of it more than just a shout out online because what that does is brings a a cheapening to things. If everybody's willing to ride for nothing, then why would a company keep paying riders? more and more whenever there's people who are willing to do it for less and less and do the same thing or work even harder. Oh send out the bat signal for Kyle Walker. No doubt. Where is he at? That's funny. Lower bar for pros. Instagram kind of killed elite BMX pros. Everyone can get cred now just for putting out content. Get the events to partner with local bike shops. Great idea. That is a fantastic idea. The concept of Instagram killing elite BMX pros, I think it just morphed who could become that. It took who could get to that level because being on social media is part of the job of being a professional BMX rider. And if you're good at your job, being Mm. on social media and good at riding and you have good personality then that might give you a better chance at becoming an elite higher up BMX rider because you have the skills and the qualifications necessary to be able to return to a company what they invest in you. So you may not go to a contest and win the contest, but the what you can do for a company on social media might be more than what that contest might do for them. where. Back in the mid-2000s, or whenever the Ballpark Franks and the Slim Jim days were, just having that sticker on the helmet on TV was worth so much more than anything. Because they would be willing to pay thousands and thousands of dollars just to get that appearance on TV. I think the lack of magazines and full-length videos really hurts the industry. How so? I definitely think... it. It definitely could, and I think an argument could be made for that, but I'd like to hear more. Need less tailwhips and barstons. It needs more Supermans in decades. Where's Rule Erickson with the Superman decade? Where is he? Won't even let me copy it. Man, he is just having all kinds of issues. it's not getting in directly in the hands oh boy I'm trying here we're trying to get stony in here it is just difficult do do we're gonna get stony because I want to hear his perspective Link, send, sent. Open on your iPad. You're up there with Scotty Crane Mitt. I think even better, honestly. Well, thank you. I try to do my best. I don't think I'm more known outside of BMX than anyone who's way up there like Scotty, but I try to do my best to connect. Oh my goodness. Touchdown. We have arrived. Can you rotate for me, please? Um, You're sideways. There you are. Holy cow. Nice shirt. Oh, I did did that on purpose. I am so sorry.
6: I'm sitting there. I'm yelling at the iPad, I'm yelling at my Android. I'm getting mad that my Android and my iPad won't talk to each other. I'm trying to click on links, they're not working.
0: I hope this is worth it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so so what I hope for is that YouTube makes it so I can just click, there's a request button that someone who's watching can push and then I can just select, like Instagram Live, so I can just select who wants. This is for mm-hmm. Google who's listening right now, that's what we want. But anyways, so Stony, you've had a YouTube channel for
6: how long now? Uh, it's been I've been doing OFG for about seven years ish. So take a little bit.
0: Seven years. I'm curious what your perspective on the BMX industry is. Um as far as what? So that can mean whatever it means to you like however you hear that question and perceive it what you whatever it means to you unless you want me to get even more specific
6: well i will tell you what i see as far as like the industry and it it scares the crap out of me to be honest um like two years ago because i go to the big marsh bike park a lot and it's uh has two brand new velo pump tracks there's dirt jumps that are maintained by the city of Chicago uh, there's hiking tra- everything to do there is there and two years ago I couldn't even get a spot on the deck on the pump track now it's just me usually when I go like there and when there are people there there's not BMX bikes it's all the um it's either big bikes or dirt jumper bikes and i kind of see that as a canary in the coal mine because you get the little kids show up they have their little tiny bikes with their little tiny wheels and that's as close to bmx as the majority of it is unless you're like no that is the majority of what shows up there now and if that's how it is now what's it going to be in five years you know
0: interesting i wonder i mean So I think I've noticed a little bit of that as well, where I think what might be going on is that during COVID and everything where stuff was shut down and going outside was like the only thing you could do. It brought people to these places. And I think what we're maybe seeing is now that everything is back fair game and open and for everyone to do whatever, it's like a, Oh, I missed doing this so much that I'm, done with whatever that new thing was that was the only thing I could do. Or even people who rode could now do whatever that they couldn't do before. So they get consumed with other things again. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a, a pendulum in that it swung so far one way of things being crazy and you not being able to get a spot on the deck that it's swinging back. And I think maybe it's past normal, And then it's got to come back to normal again.
6: But that was just one park. I'm seeing that at all the parks around here. At least I don't know how it is anywhere else. Well, I've noticed that too. And like less bikes means less um, business for the bike shops, less um, business for the online companies. And I can understand why everyone's switching over to big bikes because that's going to keep them in business right now. You know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so
6: that's. I, I, more I would that. love to say, I would love to say BMX has the inertia to keep it going, but it doesn't look good right now.
0: Yeah. So, what else are you seeing, industry wise?
6: Industry wise, well, I, I look at it a little differently um, as far as when I'm looking for products. Like, I wouldn't look for the same product that you necessarily would. I tend to. I like the old school repop stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's them pickings now. Like, that. that were, there was a niche. And I don't want to go on a tangent, but we're doing a live stream. I'm going to go on a tangent. Tangent. John, John Bulgin's made Haro relevant for people my age yep. all over again. Yep. Like, it was just all black bikes before he came around. And they all looked the same. And I was like, oh, it's a bike. Oh, it's a bike. And then when the Repops came out, Wow, all right, awesome, yeah, I can get into this, I can relate to this. And then, that's going to stop now. What do people, like me, like, what's going to draw people back into the BMX scene if there's nothing like that anymore? Like, a lot of people are going to see, like, they'll look at the bikes, and like I said, they all look similar. Mm-hmm. And people my age are going to be like, eh, I don't like how that looks. I'm, eh. but Haro had that demographic. Like every jam I went to, I'd say sixty percent of the bikes there, repop Haro Masters. What are those people going to buy now? They're going to buy something. It's not going to be a Haro Master now, and I'm hoping my fingers are crossed that wherever John goes, they they. They go with his – they trust him with his vision because he knows what he's doing, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and so from what I saw, because I was thinking about this while I talked to John, is is that like you saw a lot of people on those bikes, and I see – I just see them here and there. And I feel like mm-hmm. being at Rays, I see so many people. I I see. There's a couple people who have them locally, but other than that, it's like random. It's I wouldn't say it's any more often than any other kind of bike.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: So just like given okay. another side of that too. But when you go
6: to um, raise, when you're looking at people your age riding twenty inches, where they what's the majority of them riding? I'm curious.
0: I, you can't really pinpoint a majority anymore. It used to be there was a time where there was mostly people at Rays who were local riding standards. Then a lot of those people moved to kinks. Now I think there's a lot of those, I mean there's a good variety right now, I think, mm-hmm. where it's there's not one company that you could really point to that is the majority. I saw
6: the comment, Kid Wilson said that lineage riders are all old farts. Let me tell you, the, the old farts are the ones with the expendable income to buy bicycles.
0: He, he added much. an R. Old fat guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
6: But yeah, it. it I, I'm not. I wish I could say I was optimistic. I'm not optimistic in the scene right now. Like it's, in 2020, yeah. uh, Rap was coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, Ride the movie was coming out and Hannah was riding in the Olympics. And it looked like all engines go, nothing can go wrong. And then everything that could go wrong went wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. And
6: we're now we're here. And I don't know how to get out of here. I I just don't know. Ride your bike? Yeah, ride your bike. Like, even as far as jams go, we would have, like, locally, like, five or six jams for as long as I, since I came back. And this past year, nothing. I don't even think there was one local jam. Which yeah. I... Need to take some responsibility for that because if I can see it happening, I should do something about it instead of just noticing it.
0: I think part of that is. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I was just going to say I think part of that is that the jams and their frequency kind of ebbs and flows. So you'll see Mm -hmm. there might be you know a couple years here where they they die off a little bit, but then there's going to be somebody who's maybe it's you who's like you know we used to do a lot of jams and then mm-hmm. a lot of jams happen again it's it's one of those things because in my eyes i remember when there was a period of time where everyone was saying we need something there's nothing because there was nothing there really was nothing and it was that time right before your youtube channel you know 2010 to 2015 era where there really wasn't a lot going on there was a couple jams here and there and in our area i feel like it might be an exception because we've always done our jams and like at that point in time i was helping host two or three different jams every year but outside of that there just wasn't a lot and then as it went it's gotten to the point now where people i remember last year there was several different times where I had to make a decision of which event I was going to go to on any Mm. different weekends. So I think it's just area dependent and goes up and down in time. Right. Like, Oh, something I've noticed about Ohio,
6: you guys have like, there's so many different scenes there and it's Mm. so cool. And here it's not like that. Like, I I want what you have. Like, I wish I was in a situation to go to Ohio.
0: Listen, bro, you're going to end up here eventually. So just accept it.
6: (laughs) Well, they do have a melt bar and grill.
0: So there's a pretty good chance of it. I'm a fan of it. (laughs) Uh, And I think that some of what we have without talking about jam wise could be attributed to Rays because what happens with something like Rays in the winter is that because we have winter, everybody's forced to this one spot every weekend. Mm. So we all see each other. And then in the summertime, there's a lot of people who are like, I want to I want to have an event and invite everybody out and all these different jams go on. And then just because of people like Noah, who is connecting scenes from everywhere with the scenes not dead. And he's posting jam flyers for events in Indian and Pennsylvania and Ohio and wherever Mm -hmm. they happen in the Midwest. I think it just it makes it feel like you can see everything and there's even more going on, at least from my perspective. But this isn't about totally my perspective, you know.
6: Well, let me tell you why I'm I'm high on Ohio. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, Marty, I I apologize, I don't remember his, uh, his name. He had a Flatland jam a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. Catfish showed up. Uh, Joe Sisman showed up. Uh, like, if you go to a basketball court, you're not going to run into Michael Jordan. Clark. If you go to, what's that?
0: Marty Clark. Back to Marco Marty Jordan. Clark. Thank you, Marty Clark. Back to I
6: apologize, Marty. <laughs> so if you go to a local um, basketball court, you're not going to run into Michael Jordan, or if you go to the local golf course, you're not going to see Tiger Woods. But if you go to Rays, there is a very good chance you're going to see uh, a Brent Moore or um, a Trey Jones or a uh, Maddie Kramer or just somebody. You guys have that, and I, mm. I'm not jealous of it, I'm happy for you, and I, I want I want part of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I could see myself, I'm hungry for Ohio. We're here. Even though that has nothing to do with the topic, I apologize.
0: Alright. <laughs> that's okay. I am I'm just, I want your experience of the BMX industry, and that can be part of it, because the parks that we have to ride support the BMX industry in turn, because people go to ride them and then they have to buy stuff to maintain their bikes. And something like Ray's sells parts. Changa has a whole entire bike shop. So it's all interconnected. Right. Right. What else? I'm getting, I keep seeing your comments. Yeah. Well, they're not talking about the BMX. Anything, so <laughs> <laughs> We, we, go, we got to chime in with those when they, when they apply. Well, but, uh for- For a bike
6: that you would buy a complete, um, like the old school Repop ones are usually a build is about $2,500-ish.
0: How much are they for the people your age who do what you do? I'm curious. God. I am lucky enough to have the support that I haven't had to buy and build a whole brand new bike before. But... Mm -hmm. Putting them doing the quick math in my head, you do you think four mid four hundred to five hundred dollars for the frame. Wheels could be anywhere from four to six hundred dollars. So right there, immediately you're close to a thousand. Bars and forks, you're looking at another two fifty. Then talk about cranks. That's another 150 to 200. So that's 1500 ish, getting close to there. And we haven't even added in pedals, tires, seat. So I would say 15 to 25 would probably be towards the higher end.
6: But like for your average kid who wants to do the higher end, They can't do that.
1: Not all at once, right?
6: Like, I don't think the kids should be trying high-performance riding on Walmart bikes, but there's got to be some kind of in-between that we can bring in the new generation.
0: There is. There's bikes like... There's a whole level of bikes that are not of the same quality as something that's the top of the line, but... For example, the gold standard that I've always used, is Kinks Whip Complete, it is mm. the best value complete bike right now that you can buy because it has all of what you'd want. It has full chromoly frame, fork, and handlebars, sealed front and rear hubs, mid-bottom bracket, integrated headset. It's got three-piece cranks, so it's it's got everything that you would want. To be safe and really ride BMX. And it comes in. Let's see what it is right now. Because the price obviously has gone up. But we're looking at 550 bucks. Oh wow. That's totally doable. Yeah. So oh, there's I that. Mean,
1: okay.
0: And just below that. You'll compromise on a couple different things. But you might be okay for a little while. If you pay a little bit less than that. And Mm. you'll get something that you can replace the parts on as you need to.
6: Yeah, because those are the the top-of-the-line bike. I just saw someone said something about a Haro Sport. Uh, The Mm. the top-of-the-line bikes when I was, geez, forever ago, in the 90s, were probably around $600. So with inflation, everything is about right. Mm-hmm. It, it just it, it's an expensive sport to get into or an ex- expensive hobby to get into
0: yeah yeah it is and there's no getting around that but at the same time you can also buy used there's ways yeah. there's ways to do it it's just it's not it's not the kind of thing that if somebody has absolutely no disposable income whatsoever they mm-hmm. could just like get into tomorrow <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely possible. I feel for a lot of people. Don't try golf then Stony. <laughs> <laughs> or mountain bikes or anything, but that's the case with literally anything that you could get into. There is cheap, super cheap stuff that people can buy that almost anybody oh. can afford. And then there's like the craziest of the crazy expensive stuff. Doesn't matter what you're getting into.
6: What I'm seeing out here, I, I apologize I don't know the name of it, but I, there's like two or three organizations around here that they just make Frankenstein bikes to give away to kids.
0: Hmm. Like, How cool is that? Yeah, it's awesome. And I, and I think that... Oh, go ahead. I was going to bring up uh, RadShare and then the USA BMX Foundation. There's a lot of things that exist around the country that are doing things like that the uh give a share a spike share a smile like something along those lines that's mm-hmm. over i think in africa right, right. yeah i've seen that but like we need more of that but here i am saying it and not doing it so <laughs> well and to, and to take it back to the industry side of things Maybe we'll see more of that with an oversaturation of complete bikes where companies figure out a way that it is not only an incentive to them, but also an incentive to whatever else. Maybe there's ways to work with schools and schools end up with bikes or something. I don't know. Organizations like that.
6: Have you ever known in your life? I don't know if this came after you well have you ever known
0: like emx teams to come to your local shop and put on shows it's happened especially having Rays local i can remember mm-hmm. there's different times where rays would have blackout distribution night and people from the kink team would come out and before they came to rays they would go to spin cycles i think it is a local bike Mm -hmm. shop and they would have a shop stop there. Then they would come to raise. But as far as right near me, I haven't ever had anybody come to like a very close bike shop to where I live.
6: Like, I wonder about the generation gap because that's what got me and all of my friends when we were kids. That's what turned us on the BMX. We saw the CW show and Diz Hicks and Gary Pollack and like, it just immediately hypnotized. I want to be a BMX bike. Mm-hmm. And it, it's rare that that happens anymore. And I, I didn't know if like, uh, with the generation gap, if you experienced that or they it's just gone
0: altogether. Well, I had already been riding at this point, but the DK stunt team came to the middle school. the, I was obviously first year in high school, but they came to the middle school and I didn't end up getting to watch them, but that happened, so there was people at my school that oh. were exposed to BMX from something like that. It's it happens and and there's so many stunt show teams that are constantly traveling all over the country. There's I think I see I don't want to be wrong here, but I feel like I see more stunt show teams and people doing shows than I can remember seeing in a long time or ever, because it's not something I paid attention to for a long time. So that's basically what you're talking about. It's just not, it's not the, uh, the companies, the BMX companies doing it. It's stunt show teams that are doing
1: it.
6: Mm-hmm. I like- I think something that also would really benefit the industry, and I don't know the ins and outs of how this works, but Hollywood needs to get involved. Like, if you see kids riding BMX bikes in movies, you're gonna so. Well, we won't, but the kids take it in, especially if it's like uh, whatever's cool right now, and they see it and they want to be like what they see. Mm -mm. I don't know.
0: Did you watch Miss Marvel?
6: What's that?
0: Did you watch Miss Marvel? No?
6: Why do you think? No, I can't speak. Well, I can, but my ex, her husband is
0: one of the characters on there. <laughs> on Miss Marvel? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Well, there was a scene where they rode real BMX bikes, and Nina was, the, I think Nina and Angie or something like that were the stunt, whatever people for this. Oh, scene. yeah, yeah. There was a scene in there with real BMX bikes and then I forget there's been others, but then there was like the stranger things, mongoose, whatever that happened. Obviously that's not the same, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. I just did, uh, I was saying it before we got on here when I was waiting on you, but I just did an interview last night with this guy who works with the news, whatever out here, because they were doing a piece on Huck at Ray's. And I was part of that with somebody else. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to interview you now. So I asked about his perception of BMX and what he saw in his two times that he's been to raise, and just what he thought BMX could do to grow itself. So it'll be interesting. That's going to come out probably the same day that their piece comes out. I don't know when that'll be yet, <clears throat> but he had some good insight just as a person from a totally outside perspective on how we could grow things.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But what do you see like on a regular basis? What are you following industry wise? What do you see?
6: Honestly, I get all my news from you. <laughs> Everything i am exposed to in BMX is from Brent Moore these days. Well, mostly of course there's the uh, Instagram Feed, but yeah, I, every single Friday morning I find out what's going on because you told me.
0: So what do you see on Instagram then as far as like the actual industry itself goes?
6: It's not so much industry as much as it is just people doing clips. We are the industry, mm-hmm. you know, but we're not making money from it. Like I see people, kids about killing themselves and I look at it and I'm like, okay, if, okay, let me change this up there. R.L. Osborne was doing an interview with someone and he said he fell and it cost him 50 grand because of the injury. Yeah. And so every time he's thinking about uh, jumping something new or taking a risk, he has to ask himself now is that worth fifty thousand dollars to me right kind of see that's how that's what I think of when I see the little little the younger writers just sending it and I get it I'm glad they do it I love it, but the old part of me old part of me is like, buddy, slow down, please t- take it slow but I don't know if that answered your question I tend to address
0: uh. I sort of. I'm kind of just curious to hear more or less.
6: It's like, it's just, I'm not exposed to that much industry right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Like, a couple years ago when I was around everyone all the time and I could I, I saw more but these days all I, my exposure is you and what I see at the
0: pup track. And Interesting. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, well I feel like that answers the question and gives kind of your experience of the BMX industry. And I know you already kind of said you didn't know, but what do you think BMX could do to do better? To get itself out there more.
6: I think it's up to the companies, honestly. Yeah. The company And if they don't have the money to spend, it's not their fault, but it, it's just the companies need to invest in themselves and their writers and get them out. Like the little kids are going to imitate what they see if they like what they see. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's on the industry to make sure that the kids see it. The, it. If the kids don't know what's happening, they can't do it or they they might not find it.
0: Yeah. So how do, how do they do that if the kids who are at the skate park are already riding so how do we get new kids who don't know what riding is to see riding it's got to be cool again
6: like it's it's unfortunate but it's just not cool right now like there's peaks and valleys and we're in a valley at the moment yeah and uh, Scott was talking about uh, um, when BMX kind of just Came to a standstill in nine or eighty eight. I want to say, mm-hmm. but it's. I don't think it's as bad now as it was then, but it's still. We need some help. It, it needs a little. It we need a unicorn. We need a new Matt Hoffman, that everyone is going to see and just gravitate toward. I want to yeah. be like him. I want to buy the parts that he's using. I want to ride what he rides.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I, feel I don't like,
6: know I was gonna say, I don't know if, like any of the people with the money to do that have any desire to do that.
0: yeah, I've said for years that BMX needs someone like Mira again, so that the outside world, you know, we have Nigel Sylvester, and he's doing good things and has a foundation to get kids on bikes, which is awesome but he's he's still not quite at the level of stardom like yeah he's they're talking about uh ryan williams is another one Mm -hmm. that i bring up too and it's unfortunate that he was so unaccepted or he wasn't accepted at the beginning of things because he definitely brings bmx to a lot of people he people Mm -hmm see it through him and his positive image and his YouTube channel and and everything he does but even him is still he's still not quite I don't think on that same level as someone like Mira where he's going on TV and everyone in the world is seeing him somehow through something like cribs and breaking into the popular culture of the world mm-hmm. currently and I don't know how we do that that's
6: on
0: his sponsors like he's he's a walking
6: talking billboard
3: for advertisement
6: you just have to put him out there and like i can't say i've seen anything from ryan williams that wasn't on his instagram or on um x games or uh, nitro circus why not you know he look he's got all the talent in the world let's show the world and I, why don't i see him on commercials for i don't know uh Target or it's just that that's what i think we need i don't know if it could happen or if it will happen anytime soon
0: yeah i think that's where you get the thing of like you don't know until somebody tells you maybe or you don't maybe they don't have that thought you haven't had that thought mm-hmm. yet of like Let's get this guy onto all these things, or maybe that's not what he wants. That could be it, too. You know, that's true, you know, that's very true. It's possible that he doesn't want that, but if he does, then I'm there has to be ways. I mean, you yourself being stony, old fat guy, BMX almost had a TV show, right? Yeah, <laughs> more or less, almost had a TV show, so like it's possible. It's just no, we
6: it, had one, it just got the rug got yanked out from under us.
0: Okay, so like, what I was getting at is that it's possible (laughs) to do that. Like, people could, if the right people were contacted in the right way, especially with someone like Ryan Williams, that could happen. Something like that could happen. They're talking about X Games. Yeah. And it needs to happen for all of our sake.
6: But also, something that I also see helping the industry a lot that I don't know if you do or do do or don't realize it. My God, dude, it's you. I can't even tell you how much you're helping the industry and like keeping it going and giving it a little nudge and like I, they call in in wrestling, they call this rubbing the belly. So I'm gonna rub your belly for a second. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Brent Moore is the next Scotty Kramer waiting to happen as far as social media goes. No doubt in my mind. And watching it happen is amazing. And when when you tell me, like, uh, when you, you were telling me how you only – when you started, how you didn't have that many followers and – Watching it just grow and the snowball effect rolling down a hill, dude, you are—you were meant to be here, and I'm very thank—I don't know if anyone tells you this—I am very thankful that you are. So, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. Try my best. And like, you deserve every—you earned every last bit of fifty thousand subscribers and a hundred
1: thousand
0: or a million when you—okay, you know.
1: So, I don't I'm know a, about a
0: million. I got to like shave my head at a million or something. <laughs> all right. If, if you shave your head, I'll shave my head. Well, I said 10 million for that. I'll do a okay, backflip. Okay, fair at enough.
6: At one million. <laughs> so, 10 million, we're shaving our head.
0: Fair enough. I'm going to do a backflip at 1 million. <laughs> but either way, I mean, right, I appreciate I'll... the kind words. I just try to do my best to... Connect people who are outside of the industry with the industry itself, and then educate them on what's going on. And then, I don't know, man. I just try. Well, just keep doing exactly what you're doing. You're, you're
6: doing an amazing job. And i I talk to people. I talk to a lot of people, and I have never once heard anyone have a bad thing to say about you. Like I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure there's someone somewhere. I haven't run into them and i talked to a lot of BMX people and like, we're, we're all thankful for what you do well, I and how
0: you do it. All of those people. I appreciate all of them. Cause I just literally want my experience of BMX. I just want BMX to be my entire life I Want my entire life to revolve around BMX. I want to be able to be like, Oh, Hey Stoney, you have a two days off work next week and you're trying to ride in Chicago or something crazy. Like I'll be there. Let's do it. Or mm-hmm. see that some events going on in California and it's next week. And I'm like, Oh sick. I'm going to go film that event. And that's going to be a YouTube video because I want to go to it and I'm going to capture my experience of it. And that is the dream of what I want to happen. And so I'm trying to uh, do everything I can to get to that point and live that i'm
6: just waiting for the someone somewhere is going to throw a ridiculous amount of money at you in the industry and say all right you're working for us we're going to make we're going to take over the world that's what i'm waiting to see that'd be tight i hope that happens it would be (laughs) it needs to happen Like we're talking about growing the industry and helping the industry. That's what someone needs to do. I wish I had the money to hire you, dude. I would hire you in a second.
0: I I I appreciate it. I have a lot of ideas too for like if somebody did something like that. It'd be like, Oh, and you know what? If I say these things, somebody else will do them and then they'll take all the credit for it. But like I have ideas and I've I've talked the one idea that I talked about before that it happened very shortly after I gave that idea and it was like whoa that's kind of crazy. Happened in a good or bad way. It was good. It was a really awesome thing okay. that still happens. It's just it was an idea that I had and someone kinda of did it and I think more people should do it. And and it's awesome that I have a lot of these kinds of ideas that like once I get to the point where I'm not worried about paying my bills every month like and i'm able to have that disposable income and go places i will do these ideas they'll happen the rv fund yeah i literally i just want to buy a 20-foot rv and drive all around the country and see everyone
6: that's all i want is that too much to ask that should be doable there's what 30 people in the room if we all chip in a grand each. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, because everybody's... Yeah, all right. <laughs> <sighs> That's funny. Yeah. Everyone tell Tim Cole well, and Vibrant. That's funny.
6: Love to bring back World Bowl. Actually, with social media, like, there has never been more accessible BMX. And I remember... We All we had to look at was flipping through magazines and seeing mm-hmm. a picture of some guy in some awkward position on this bicycle. No idea how he did or didn't get into it. And then now you can just turn on your phone and watch the greatest riders in the world doing all the greatest tricks. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it's good. It, it, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times.
0: Yep. No doubt about it well stony I appreciate your time I think I'm gonna wrap this one up but next week I'm gonna uh or not next week tomorrow got the news and then I'm um, after the news I do a, a members only live stream on Fridays now I did the first one last Friday it's a lot of fun but I'll answer this question here real quick and I I guess I don't have to – if you need to go, I can let you go because it doesn't really – unless you want
6: to – No, I was totally stoked when you said, hey, you want to come on. So
0: I'm like, as long as you're going to keep me, I'm going to stay. All right. Well, somebody just asked, how do you stay motivated to post and make content daily? Do you have a to-do list, journal thing to keep you on track? I don't have anything like that to keep me on track. I just have my brain (laughs) – but I mean to me it's not a thing where I need to be motivated for it because I've filmed my entire life and I've made videos my entire life and this is literally like some people have whatever their thing is that they love to do making videos and posting them is that thing I would do it if nobody watched it so I don't really, I mean, yeah, sometimes I need the motivation to edit something that needs to be done, like on a time schedule, you know, like the, the slam city skate park jam that happened that I wanted to get that out as soon as I possibly could so that everybody who was there and everybody who missed it and wanted to see the event could see the video and get stoked on it. So there's no motivation needed. I just did it self-motivated in that. I wanted make it happen so it's not it's where some people it's like a job where you know got to get a video out i'm on this schedule i post this many times and i post whatever for me it's like that's just what i do it's just who i am so it's easy yeah that's it shannon price says hi stony
6: can i tell you about shannon price for a second
0: are you is is it bad?
6: <laughs> no, not at all. It's it's amazing. Uh, uh, sure. Shannon, he he was uh, he hit me up one day and he's like, "Hey, I watch your videos. Um, I'm local. You want to meet up and ride?" I like, "Yeah, cool. Let's go ride." So I met him up at the big marsh, and Shannon is recovering from a stroke. He he lost. One half of his body partially, and then got a lot of it back, and he's riding the pump track now. How great is that's that? That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? And like that, if you need motivation, let Shannon be your motivation. Like that. That's he wanted he wanted to ride that bad, and even under circumstances, he didn't let it stop him. So yeah. Good job, that, Shannon.
0: That's amazing, and that Brant could do better talking about BMX and with the following, someone like Tim has could be beneficial to BMX. Maybe, but I'm I'm also not the kind of person that just like goes after something like that. I'm like Tim, please let me come to your house. You know like that's the kind of thing Where like if if he ever was like hey come Out check it out Sure
6: I on the other hand will show Up especially if there's food
0: Hit me up Tim (laughs) Well I mean yeah I'm gonna if somebody asks me To do something but like I'm not gonna be The the one who's like hey Can I come to your house (laughs) But yeah Shannon inspirational Everybody check out BMX Pete's YouTube channel. Check out Stony's YouTube channel. Follow Scott Town on Instagram. Definitely don't follow Cody Barnes. Just uh-huh. You definitely shouldn't do that. And I don't even know if Ryan has an Instagram anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, I appreciate your time, Stony. I'm going to go play video games. Take a break from thinking about things. And then the news is tomorrow at 10 a.m. With the members-only live stream, new thing every Friday after the news. Only members can get in on that one.
6: Thank you for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good night.
0: Thank you for being on. Good night. All right, everybody. We're out. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time
1: for the news.